Hi guys, Mariska Strauss here, all the way from South Africa. I'm a multiple South African champion, I think 17 times. Um, I think five times African champion and been racing for 23 years now. Currently based in Cape Town, South Africa, racing for Roller Motor Group, Liv and Garmin. Awesome. Yeah, South Africa look, looks beautiful, especially right now when it's your summer and our winter up here. Yeah, it's very appealing, I think. It's actually <laughs> one of the reasons why I moved back from the States. I actually studied in, this, in North Carolina for about eight months and came back in our winter time when it was actually around 20, 15, 20 degrees. And I was like, yeah, maybe this seems a bit more appealing than, than the harsh North Carolina winters. <laughs> Yeah, but there's some pretty good riding in the Carolinas though, right? Yeah, I mean, Brevard Forest is there. It's, it's, it's definitely definitely a cool spot to be in, but compared to Stellenbosch, I was like, Stellenbosch, Brevard. <laughs> I think I'll stick with Stellenbosch. <laughs> yeah, no, that's totally understandable. Like, I'm definitely, a, I think I'm going to be a snowbird in the future where I just always just travel to the warm places and avoid oh, winter completely. <laughs> migrating. You know, and there's a couple of people that do that, actually. Yeah, it, it seems, seems like the best like of both a, worlds. For sure. It seems like a good spot. Seems like a good plan, actually. <laughs> Definitely. So let's talk then about like all your um your championships and stuff. Like over the years, so I guess that's I don't know, you've been riding bikes for a long time, but um mostly your diet, I'm assuming, in in those races was pretty carb heavy, right? One hundred percent. Um I mean I studied so I studied sports science as well. And Sports science is basically based on carbs. You are carb loading and you're consuming ridiculous amounts of carbs during racing. Also, because it's an it's an easy energy source. So, I mean, your body is if you look at the glycolytic pathway and if you look at the Krebs cycle, it's literally glucose ATP. So it's instant. Um, and as as we are wired your body wants to, to take the easy way out. Um, so I think that's also where it comes from. And I personally, I think it's a, it's nutrition is a, it's an industry, so they need to make money and it's an easy way to make money. Um, this is just from my research and from my recent experience, looking at things through a different lens. It's, it's easy. It's an easy sell to have because I mean, everything is based on carbs these days, which is, Actually, to me, it's shocking um, having gone carnivore now and it's literally like scabs have fallen off of my eyes and you're like looking at things through, yeah, through a different lens and just experiencing it differently. Um, so it, it was definitely an abrupt change. Like you said, the past 23 years, I've been carb-based mostly and it's, it's a complete 360 from, from what I was used to. Um, so it's, it was definitely an interesting experience, but I'm actually absolutely in love. It's made such a massive difference to to myself health wise. Um, so I didn't I didn't plan on doing it. It was health reasons that pushed me to go carnivore um, and and to go on that journey. And I'm actually so thankful that that I found it and that that I've gone through that. It's yeah, it's literally made a world of difference in in my life. 
but yeah, like you said, it's 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 definitely not the norm, um, and I definitely wouldn't recommend it if you're mid-season because your body does take some time <laughs> to adjust. Um, but once it's adjusted, it's absolutely phenomenal the changes that you that you see and that that you can experience on it. Yeah, why did you initially go carnivore? Because after all those years carb base as an athlete and having so much success, was there like you're saying you had some health issues that arose from it? Was was that related to all the carbs that you were taking over the years for, for biking? I don't know. I can't I can't say it was. Um I think like a lot of people, COVID obviously knocked me really hard. And in conjunction to COVID, the vaccine, I think it caused a lot of havoc on my body. Um, so much so I was diagnosed with myocarditis at the beginning of this year. So I actually haven't been racing this this season. Uh, so those of you that don't know what myocarditis is. So I had myocarditis, pericarditis, and then was also diagnosed with cystitis or the itises, which is a medical term for inflammation, basically. Uh, so myocarditis and pericarditis is inflammation of your heart muscle and your heart sac, um, which is one of the reasons why a lot of athletes just spontaneously drop dead on sports fields. Super scary. And then cystitis was inflammation of my bladder wall, which went undiagnosed and misdiagnosed for two, two and a half years. And in that time, it was diagnosed as UTIs, bladder infections. And I was just constantly being fed antibiotics, which I think made the whole situation a lot worse. And I was absolutely, I was just fed up. I was like telling my husband, I don't, I don't know what to do anymore. It, it was it was not a fun space to be in. So it was not just, and I mean, at the at the time that I went carnivore, I had cut out majority of things. So cut out caffeine, cut out like a lot of things that cause inflammation, wheat, gluten, all of those. Um, still more carb base, but I was sitting and chatting with my husband, and my husband actually recommended why don't you go car oh like full carnivore um and did a lot of research about it and it made sense to me it just it just made sense and I was like okay I'm not racing at the moment so I'm in the perfect spot to to actually try it and see what happens because I have time to to let my body adjust and I can take it a bit slower for my body to acclimatize to the new energy source and yeah, surprisingly, it did, and it was amazing. Um, so much so that I'm off of my medication for my bladder. Um, I don't have to take asthma medication, which I've been on my basically my entire adult life. I'm not having issues with dairy, which I've been allergic to my entire life. Um, which it's yeah, it's just it's it's weird to experience my body the way I am. And I mean, I told my husband as well, it's, it's not an easy diet to go on. And I mean, walking past a Cinnabon or like smelling pancakes or freshly baked bread, it's, it smells delicious. It's not like I'm anti, anti that. I don't think anybody is like sugar is nice. It's, it's a, it's a craving and it's, it's addictive. I think that's the biggest thing. It's, it's probably 
one of the most, if not the most addictive substances on the planet. And we're feeding it to kids. And it's, it's normal. It's deemed normal, which to me is quite bizarre. Um, and looking more into it, carbs aren't an essential macro. Proteins and fats you need, and you have to have it in your diet. It's essential for brain function. It's essential for muscle repair. We can't live without it. And yet it, we're taught and told 40 to 60 percent of our diet needs to consist of carbs, which is it's just a weird concept to me. Like, why? I think also as, as a sports scientist, you're, we were taught, like the first thing you're taught is question everything. So I think that just came from, let's just question it. Like, why is this the norm and why is this the standard for everything? And uh, yeah, going through that journey, it's just, yeah, it's just opened a whole new world for me. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Like when you initially were thinking about, I guess when your husband suggested going full carnivore, were you kind of conflicted in your head about that? Because like, even like when I, like years ago, when I first started eating more meat, like I definitely was never like not eating meat, but like, as I focused more on animal fats and protein, I still would have these thoughts in my head of like, oh, I'm going to get heart disease because of cholesterol and fat. And I'd like trim off bits of steak. And I'm like, what am I doing? Like, this is the opposite of what I should be doing. And then like, I feel a lot better now, like obviously, but like, were you conflicted though? Like when you went basically full carnivore? 100%. Like the sheer <laughs> amount of butter I was consuming <laughs> and also fats because you need, you need energy and fat is an amazing energy source, but it's also, I've, I've never eaten, like I was that person that cut off the fats and given it to the dog. That was just, mm-hmm. it was, I mean, that's how you're taught. Like don't eat too much fats, cholesterol, bad for you. Um, which is, which is also another weird thing for me because I don't believe God would create us so that our bodies like produces something that's bad for us and our bodies produce cholesterol. So I can't, I can't see it as a bad thing. Like, why would it be a bad thing if, if you're naturally producing it, that must mean you you require it for something and you do, you need it for hormone production and, and a whole bunch of other things. It's like the building blocks. Um, but again, I think we were, we've been so brainwashed to, to believe that it is the bad thing and it is the enemy that we've like just shoved it into that little box. And that's just, unfortunately, that's just the, the world we've been brought up in. Um, but I think, experiencing this for myself it's it's definitely opened up my eyes to 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 how the you know how the world operates um and it's sad to me because i mean there's so many diseases and so many like recent stuff that came up cancers and heart disease it's it's not it's it's recent it's and it's if you look at graphs, it's like directly tied to to our diet changes. Um, so I don't know why we're carrying on with with the way we're eating, but I think it's also because it's a big cultural thing and it's a big social thing, and it's it's nice and it's addictive. So it's it's easy. I think that's the the biggest thing. Um, which yeah, it's it's sad. 
Um, and it's also, I mean, if you're looking at it racing wise and training wise, it's easier to take a gel or a banana for that matter than a piece of steak or a piece of meat. Um, it's hard to, to consume a piece of meat while you're on the bike, but that said, I, I don't need, if you, if you're on a carnivore diet or a more protein, high fat based diet, you actually don't need that much food while training because your body's equipped to actually sort itself out. Um, so that's, that was also a new experience for me because you don't get that massive sugar spikes and massive drops because you are more, your insulin and everything is more constant. So yeah, it's, that was a new experience. I, I remember I doing my first race I can't remember if I actually ate the morning just because it was a very early start. So the hotel was not equipped to, to give me anything. Um, and I actually did ask them to give me a pre-pack, but they put, I think I had a slice of ham and a slice of cheese because I was like carnivore, not eating any carbs. And then they gave me a yogurt with fruits and like a slice of ham and a slice of cheese. I think that was it in the, in the bag. Um, so I was like, interesting, interesting carnivore experience that. Um, so, yeah, that's, that was, that was what I ate and I didn't get hungry till off, like halfway through, well, not even more than halfway through. It was a 50 kilometer race. And I think I ate maybe some almonds in the race, but it's not like I was like, I need food now. I was completely fine. I did eat a lot after the race. I think I ate an entire chicken, but that was, it was that was that was my food for the day. Um, so it it seems bizarre, but in the same sense, it's more bizarre to constantly have to to get food into your body, which means your gut's not resting, which means your body's not actually getting the time to recuperate and recover properly because you're constantly having to to deal with getting stuff you know, getting rid of stuff i think that was the also the other thing because we're not we can't consume well the amount of carbs you're consuming is a lot of fiber as well that's indigestible so now you're sitting with this gut full of undigestible foods which means you need to have a bowel movement every single day and I was just like, why? Why are we consuming so much stuff that we can't actually digest? Isn't that weird? Um, and on the carnivore diet, I think I maybe had one or two bowel movements a week. And that was a, a good, sorry, it's very, it's a very odd topic, but it was, <laughs> it, I mean, it was like a solid bowel movement. And I f actually felt empty for the first time in my life. Whereas on the, high carb diet I was constantly constipated constantly issue like gut issues um so that was also a new experience for me it's really interesting if you look at it just historically like I'm I'm semi into like archaeology and anthropology and stuff but like all these people that say like our bodies are designed to eat carbs all day every day like it doesn't really make sense if you take no. a step back and look at it because like why would you spend all day like gathering some berries and I don't know, some leaves when there's like zero nutritional value in that you're obviously going to go for the bigger, the bigger return, which is going to be an animal. Right. 
100%. And I remember the one day I woke up, I think this was about three, four weeks into my carnivore journey. Um, and I woke up and I was like, I'm actually not hungry today. Like, I was like, okay, let's, let's not eat and see how long it takes. And it took me 24 hours to, to actually be, okay, now, now I need food, which, which is weird because on a carb diet, if you try and go 24 hours without consuming anything, you'd be starving and you'd be miserable and just like mentally horrible. Um, whereas now I was like, had loads of energy, didn't have any mental issues. I was just obviously consuming a lot of water. Um, and I also added a bit of salt to it uh, just to get some electrolytes back in. But that was just fascinating to me. It was like, I was like unlimited energy. Um, so it's, it's definitely, it's definitely different. Um, and again, I think it's the biggest thing is more culturally because it's not the norm and it's weird for someone to see you just eating a plate of meat. That doesn't seem balanced. Um, but just the, just the changes that I saw in my body physically and also experiencing mentally, it was like I told my husband, it's, it's not an easy diet, but I don't want to feel the way I do when I consume ridiculous amounts of carbs anymore. Um, it's just, just, I don't want to feel that way anymore. Like I prefer the way I feel when I'm on a protein diet, a protein high fats. Um, I think that's the biggest, the biggest thing as well. You just need to make sure that you eat enough fat because the problem I think comes in when you're consuming a lot of protein. Um, you're not getting enough energy or you can't consume the amounts that you need. If you're just eating protein, you need those fats. Yeah, definitely. And we're always like, we were talking about earlier, like we're taught to stay away from fats because fats cause heart, heart problems or whatever. And it's like, that's probably not really yeah. even true. Like the, the data are pretty messed yeah. up in my opinion. Well, the, the research that I've done, it doesn't seem to correlate. Um, it's, and it's also the thing to me is fats make me feel satisfied. Whereas, and also on the like high protein, high fat diet, I, for the first time in my life, I was like, okay, now I've, now I've had enough. Now I'm actually full and I'm satisfied. Whereas in the carb diet, I was like constantly eat, overeating myself because I think also you're not getting the nutrients that your body wants. Um, so your body is constantly like, um, I still need stuff. Like I can feel I'm full and I'm stuffed, but you haven't given me what I actually want. Uh, so you're constantly craving and you're constantly like lacking something. Well, that was kind of what I felt. Um, so no, it's, um, it's definitely, it's definitely different, but it's, it was a good experience and I'd, I'd like to share it. And this is why I'm sharing this journey because the, the health benefits I got from it was absolutely amazing. The way I'm feeling is ridiculous. It's just like, like I said, it's unlimited energy and you just, my sleep has drastically improved. I actually wake up and I'm like, I had a good night's sleep. Whereas 
I was constantly struggling, constantly having issues, like waking up tired, mentally drained, headaches, all of those. And I think that's just the amount of inflammation your body has to deal with on a daily basis when you're on a high-carb diet, because carbs cause inflammation. Um, that's just what they do. And it's, to me, that was like really prevalent when I can actually consume dairy for the first time in my life. Uh, whereas when I was on a high-carb diet, I would, I would get sick from dairy. Like I would have a bad reaction, but now at the moment I'm fine with it. So that kind of is maybe an indication. Um, and at the end of the day, your body knows what it wants. I think we've just lost touch with, touch with what it actually wants. Um, like I'm not saying the carnivore diet is the end all and you have to go on it. I think you'd get similar results if you cut out all the processed stuff and all the high sugar stuff that we that we consuming on a on a normal Western diet these days, um, because I think that's also that's also a big problem. If you if you're looking at the ingredients and you can't pronounce the name, then you probably shouldn't be eating it. Um, it's it's scary to me. Also. Like the breads, I don't know about the breads in, in the States, but my in-laws went away for about a week, week and a half. And obviously I'm not consuming the, the bread. And when they got back, the bread was still perfectly fine. There was no mold on it, nothing. It was perfectly preserved. And I'm like, well, if mold doesn't want to eat it, why are we eating it? <laughs> I've never thought about it that way before because like, I tried to stay away from stuff with preservatives in it, but I never thought about it. if mold doesn't want it, this kind of like almost semi-innate thing. Literally, maybe an indication that we should not be consuming it. Yeah, or even if like bugs and ants don't want to eat it, then why are we eating it? Exactly, exactly. I think we've just gotten so used to the fact that, and it's also, I think, a more convenient, it's convenience because it's easy to go and grab a piece of toast and put something on it and just stuff it in your face. But it's, it's also, I don't think we're thinking of food as fuel in your, anymore. I mean, you won't put horrible fuel in your, in your truck or in your car. So why are we doing it to our bodies? And if you're putting bad stuff in your body, stuff that you can't process, stuff that causes inflammation, like chemicals, that toxins, that your body needs to, to get rid of it, which causes stress on the whole system. So that means it's energy that's going towards actually trying to get the body to function normally, which causes inflammation, which causes diseases, which causes a whole bunch of other things. So if we're not putting it into our bodies in the first place, then you've got less stuff to deal with and you can actually focus on performance and, and getting your body to, to do the best it can. Yeah, exactly. I would 100% agree with that. So when you first started then when you first cut out all the processed stuff and the carbs and went basically full carnivore, what was that like first day like? Because I know like when I even just cut out processed stuff, not even like carbs or just processed stuff, it's like I'm so addicted to it. I'm like, I would get these weird cravings of like, I want to just go buy candy right now or I want to go to McDonald's. And it's like, this stuff is disgusting, but I was so addicted to it that I wanted to go really bad. That's the thing. I think 
like the first three days was rough. Um, I would explain it or I would describe it as basically sugar withdrawals. Like you, basically you're an addict <laughs> because I was literally getting sugar withdrawals. So I was feeling horrible, but I think this is the athlete in me. And I was like, I'm committed to this. This is what I've decided I'm doing. So um, I initially decided I was going to do try and I'll try and reach the 90 day mark. Um, that was just from my research. Best between 30 and 90 days was the recommendations that I saw everywhere. So I was like, okay, let's let's reach for the top. <laughs> so initially I thought, okay, let's do 90 days. But like I said, that first week was was quite rough, especially the first four days. Um, but again, after that, after I've adjusted. Um, and I did actually, my body did adjust quite quickly, which I'm really surprised about. Um, it yeah, felt amazing. Um, but yeah, that first, that first week. So if anybody wants to try it, I would recommend like, if you can get through the first week, then, then you're golden. Um, but the biggest thing that I noticed obviously or experienced was the sugar withdrawals. And then also just realizing the amount of habitual eating you do. It's not, it's not that you're hungry. It's not that you need anything. It's just habit. I've, I've sat down. I'm going to have a cup of something or I'm going to have a snack now. It's, it's not that you need it. It's just, it's there. So, so we do it. Um, so that was fascinating to me to experience that. And Again, not seeing food as fuel and energy that your body needs to to get and and process, but just like mindlessly stuffing things down your throat. Um, and that's also, I think, because you're taught four to five meals a day, like smaller portions, four to five meals a day. Whereas on carnivore, big meal three times a day maybe and sometimes as you progressed or as I progressed in that journey the amount of meals that I've needed was getting less um, it obviously it, it fluctuates with the amount of training you do but I was eating two meals a day and I was operating perfectly fine um, again just making sure that you feel properly so that's a cool part of carnivore. You can literally, you can't really overeat on carnivore because your body can only consume so much. And then it's like, okay, it's happening out. Otherwise you're just going to vomit. So it's not where on carbs you can like carry on eating for five hours and just be like completely stuffed. Um, you literally, well, that was my experience. You can't overeat carnivore. It's just like, it's not possible. Um, but and it was also, it was amazing to actually be satisfied for the first time in my life, I want to say. It's like, now I've had enough. Now I've had like a good amount of food. And like just having that break in between meals was also amazing. Um, again, fasting vibes. Uh, so it was, 
Like it's um it's weird to to do that because I think on on the carb diet I really struggled with that. Um like I couldn't really fast. Like I would I would get really cranky and really miserable. Um but I think it's just because your body doesn't know how to process and how to to get energy from fats, uh, which is amazing because it's it's a fat it's a fabulous energy source, but we've just lost touch of how to actually process it. It's interesting what you're saying about like I'm still eating like a fair amount of food because I think a lot of people when they look up the carnivore diet, it's like oh well this is it's like a weight loss diet and like these people will eat like maybe a pound of meat a day, but they're also not training at all. They're just kind of average people. And when you are like a a pretty sedentary person, you can get by on eating very little of, of just high quality food. But when yeah. you are training, you still need to fuel. It's not like you can just go out and ride, I don't know, hundreds of Ks a week on like a pound of meat a day. Like this is not sustainable. So you still have no. to fuel yourself. No, 100%. You need to, you need to fuel for what you need to do. Um, I always say, don't train to eat. You need to eat to train. Um, and it's the same with, with the carnivore diet. It's, you, you need to actually consume what, what you're going to, yeah, what you need. But that said, you need less, I want to say during, well, that was just my experience. I would, I would go three on a three hour ride. Whereas normally I would be starving within the first hour having to consume stuff and gels and bars and consume a lot of food. Um, whereas on the carnivore diet, it's, and it's not like I was like dwindling and getting towards the end and like, no, have no energy. I was like, this is amazing. I'm like feeling fabulous. But I think it's also the, the energy source you using because carbs, so the glycolytic pathway the byproduct is lactate obviously that burny feeling in your legs um whereas if you're consuming more proteins and fats then you don't have that massive lactate production so that was i think that was the biggest thing that i really noticed it was i wasn't getting that heavy legs feeling when i when i consume a lot of carbs um so it's it's very interesting to me um, again, because we are taught you need to consume between 80 and 120 grams of carbs an hour, like, is it, is it really because we need it or is it because it's just easier to sell that? I think you kind of nailed it right there. It's just easier to sell that. And it's the convenience factor too, like you mentioned earlier, like it's a lot easier to tell somebody like, Hey, you can just have a bunch of drink mix or gels versus like eat properly it's almost like the the pharma thing of like oh like don't change your lifestyle and your diet just take a pill and another pill another pill and this causes something that you need five other pills for um so it's it's, it's at the end of the day it's an industry so it needs to make money so how do we make money one we get people addicted to it sugar and two we tell them they need to consume a lot of it constantly um, which you do if you're on a high carb diet, because you need to kind of get your body to to get the the insulin stable, um, which is. And I mean, I went for blood works and tests before going carnivore, and I went for it mid during carnivore, and my insulin went 
perfectly back to normal because it was on the higher side, which was scary to me. My thyroid was dwindling away. That also stabilized and went perfectly fine. I, I constantly had inflammation everywhere. That also returned back to baseline. So it was, there was, it's not like I just thumb sucked and be like, I'm going to do this and it's going to be fabulous. I actually, I, I checked and I made sure that it's okay. Um, and I think even if it wasn't, I was like, I was feeling a lot better. So that in itself was to me a big bonus. Um, and I mean, I've done eight apps at Cape Epics and four of them was during the time where I had all this inflammation and all this gut issues, I was just not happy. I'd like pick up so much weight and it was just like constantly uncomfortable. Um, and for the first time I, I did a stage race end of this year and I was feeling fantastic. I was, my weight had gone back down, which it, I haven't been able to do in a long time. And I was just, I was just feeling good on the bike. So Maybe it is, maybe there's some method in the madness here. <laughs> oh, definitely. The other day I was listening to a, a, a cycling podcast. I won't name them just, just because, but um, it's something I thought about for a long time. And like the whole title is something about how like are, are cyclists at risk of type two diabetes or something like that. I don't remember exactly what the title was. And as I was listening to it, it was really fascinating because they had a registered dietitian on and they're just talking about like carbon intake among, among cyclists. And obviously it's very high generally, but they were basically saying that like, there's no risk for an athlete consuming carbs because they're so active. But the, one of the points that the RD made was that if you're a, like an athlete, you're probably should only be consuming like heavy amounts of carbs while training. And like, like, yeah, I get that because your body's burning them. But the issue though, is that no one does that. Like if you're a high carb athlete, you're consuming massive amounts of carbs while you're out on the bike or the run. Then you get home and you do the same. And then before the run, you do the same. So constantly you're consuming high amounts of carbohydrates, which is going to definitely raise your insulin, your blood sugar levels to a, a very like detrimental level. And it's just fascinating that like you, people can kind of justify it. Like, oh, I'm an athlete, so I can eat whatever I want. And it's like, that's not true. Like garbage in, garbage out. And it's like you're saying, like once you essentially cleaned up your diet and like focused on real food and like real energy sources, you just felt better. And I think that's kind of case in point for the whole carb versus like fat debate. Yeah. I mean, I am at the point where I started. So my whole, my whole plan with the carnivore was more as an elimination diet, uh, just because I was like constantly struggling with all of this. Uh, so the idea was to kind of do it for three months and then slowly start adding things. So I've done that. Um, I did recently tell my husband I need to go full carnivore again because I just feel like I need like a cleanse again. Um, but it was it was fascinating after carnivore where I could pinpoint what I wanted. So I could say, I want letters, <laughs> which if you look at it, there's some nutrients found in letters that I was maybe lacking. Or I was like, I really want cantaloupe. And there was some nutrients like vitamin C is high in cantaloupe. So I could literally pinpoint that and be like, okay, this is what I want. And then I'd eat it and see how my body reacts. If it reacts badly, I'll take it out again. 
So that was like kind of the whole idea around it. Um, but to me, it was it was really phenomenal to to be able to say, this is what I want. Um, and it wasn't, I mean, my husband didn't go full carnivore for other reasons. Um, I think he tried for a day. He lost it about a day. <laughs> but so he was eating stuff and I would have something like a potato chip. And I was like, horrible. I just feel horrible. So I think also having cleansed your body from it. And then if you go back, then you realize what you're actually putting into your body. And then you realize the amount of stress and damage that it's caused. Um, so that was, that was something like really intense for me because thinking back the amount of food that I did consume that was constantly causing damage and issues that I don't even realize because you don't know what you don't know. I was just constantly living in that state of high inflammation, high stress on my body. And that was mostly diet related. Um, so I don't know if it's, I'm not convinced that carbs is the end all. Um, just purely again, my personal experience with it. Yeah, and I think I would agree with that. And I think just to be kind of clear, like I'm definitely not like full carnivore or anything. Like I, like I, I had gels on my ride yesterday, <laughs> and I was out for a few hours and stuff. But like, I do think that like once you eliminate a lot of those the junk, like in general, this is like I've been thinking a lot about this recently. That like, yeah, we could have this whole like carnivore like whatever debate for the longest time. But like in the end, it's like just eat real food is the main thing. Like most people could clear up most of their health issues if they just ate real food. Like eat meat, eat dairy, eat fruit, eat vegetables if you want, whatever, but just cut out all the hyper-processed, like, fake, quote-unquote, foods. Like, don't eat Doritos every day. Don't eat no. Don't eat seed oils. Just eat real food. 100%. The seed oil thing's like a really... So that is, like, that is one non-negotiable thing that I was like, I'm definitely not consuming that again ever in my life. Um, I'll still do coconut oil and I'll still do olive oil, but... If you look at the process of getting seed oil and vegetable oils, I was like, I don't know. That does not seem like something that you should be eating. Um, and again, I think, but I think also the world is, is gearing towards that a lot more is whole foods and just trying to get all the processed stuff out of your body. Um, and again, if you think about it logically, I think a lot of a lot of problems in the world would be solved if we think about things logically and realistically. It's food was available in seasons. So I think God also created it like that, that there are some seasons that you need vitamin C more or you need certain things. And it's found in fruits and veg, um, but it was seasonal. We weren't supposed to be consuming it 24 hours every single day for the entire year. You had it available in a short period of time, whereas things have changed now that I don't know how it is with you guys, but our shelves are constantly stacked. There's always, everything is always available. So maybe that's also the problem. Maybe it's an availability problem. Maybe we shouldn't be able to access everything 
Yeah, it's almost like human ingenuity is a curse to a certain extent because we've made food so easily accessible. Any type of food, like I can get strawberries here in the winter. I can get avocados in the winter. I can get, like you're saying, like literally whatever I want, whenever I want. Like even in a small town, you can go and find like apples and it's like, well, it's January. Like apples don't even grow right now. Like how am I eating an apple? But this is how it is. So it's like this easily accessible food that we've always been like, I don't know, it's been scarce in nature and then suddenly it's just available everywhere. And it's even replicated too, like candy bars and candy and whatever. It's just basically replicating fruit, but it's just not good for you to, to any extent. Exactly. It's, um, but it's also, it's become the norm. So that's just the standard. Everybody's just accustomed to it. So I think when you go back and be like, hey, I'm actually not going to do that, then, then that's like, oh, you're weird. That's that's a that's an odd thing to do, but I'm like actually it's a, it's a really is <laughs> it odd to to consume? Like to me, it was odd that people thought it's weird to consume high protein, high fats. Where I'm like, why is that odd? Why is that considered weird if you're looking at people that cut out protein and fats completely, like cut out all animal proteins? which is one of the, the main, the ease, most easily, easily digested foods for us. It's like literally made for us. We're supposed to be eating it. Our bodies are geared to eat it. Um, but they've cut that out and that is deemed okay and that is deemed healthy. Um, I'm, it's like, are we being brainwashed or are you just not seeing the bigger picture here? Um, I'm, not, I'm not naming names and I'm not pointing fingers, but it's, it's um to me that's bizarre. That is that is deemed okay and that's normal. Whereas if I do carnivore, high protein, high fat, then that's seemed that's deemed unhealthy and weird. Um, whereas my body is actually made to process it, which is evident by the fact that I can actually digest ninety percent of what I'm eating. Um, whereas if you're on more plant-based stuff, like we're, we don't have three stomachs that we can rechew and redigest things. Like we don't have the enzymes to digest it, which means you're just full with a gut full of microbes that needs to digest things for you, which means you're producing a lot of gas, which I don't think is healthy for us. <laughs> Definitely. I would 100% agree with that. And it's interesting too, like a lot of these people that will push for like a, a plant-based vegan diet will sit there and say that like, oh, well, keto or carnivore is bad because you're eliminating an entire food group. But then they'll say, don't eat meat and don't eat animal products. I'm like, well, that's essentially an entire food group. And like, I get, I guess you could argue and be like, oh, well, you're still getting plant protein, but like plant protein is garbage compared to animal protein. Like that's just, that's just data and science. Like you can't really argue that. You can't say that like tofu is better for you than, than steak because this is not bioavailable to like to any extent. <laughs> exactly. Where can you go to a plant and pick a tofu? It's 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 not <laughs> it's something that we've made. It's something that we've created again, processed. Um it's not a it's not a natural food, I'm sorry. Um <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's an interesting and again protein plants is it's carbs it's again it's carbs so it can be high protein but it's it's still a carb based food yeah exactly and 
It's interesting here, like with our government guidelines, which I don't agree with by any means because they're all bought and paid for, which is another data thing you can look up. It's not conspiracy theory at all, but like if you were just to say like, well, I'm going to eat 150 grams of protein a day and it's from a plant-based source, like one, it's not bioavailable and two, it's not a complete protein. So you're lacking quality protein in your diet. So maybe in your head, you think you hit the numbers, but in reality, like you need 150 grams of like real animal protein get complete protein anyways and then on top of that too like if say you are doing like a, a vegan diet or whatever for health it's like you're consuming massive amounts of food to get the amount of protein and nutrients that you need because they're simply just not available to the body and so your your caloric intake is just extremely high every day so you're probably like in theory anyway is going to gain weight because of that yeah yeah i think I think we've just been brainwashed to to believe things that's actually not true. And I think, like you said, it's it's backed by government and it's backed by industries that's paid for it, which I think is becoming more common knowledge. I think don't I don't think people really realized it. Um, but again, it's it's sad to me because these are these are medical professionals. These are industries that that we need to trust and that's deemed the standard for, for health. Um, and I think a lot of people use that word very loosely. It's, it's deemed healthy. But why is it deemed healthy? Why has it been classed as healthy? Um, it's like a, it's, there's, I mean, there's sugar-coated cereal bars that's deemed a health bar <laughs> or a health snack. And I'm like, that does not seem right. <laughs> Yeah, like for example, like do you guys have cliff bars in South Africa? We do get them, yes. Yeah, cliff bars are just like basically an organic candy bar. Like the first ingredient I think is organic like I don't know, rice syrup or something, which is just sugar. And then it's like oats, which are gonna just turn into sugar. Like everything is just sugar in there. Yeah, like it's not full of preservatives to the same extent as like say a Snickers, but it's still like it's not nutrient dense. It's just sugar, yeah. <laughs> Like it's wild to me. I think that's the thing. It's like a lot of stuff is just sugar. I was standing in one of our supermarkets, that's like mid carnivore journey, and I was just like looking. Well, firstly, trying to shop for a carnivore diet. <laughs> like you can't just quickly run in and grab something to eat. It's um, it's not really available. Like you really need to like plan things and actually make sure sure that you've got your your snacks covered not that you really need snacks but if you need to like get something quick like a rotisserie chicken was like my go-to just because that's the easiest thing that's ready made um the rest of the stuff is it's it's processed and it's carbs and it's sugars i was standing in the in the supermarket queue and i was like having this out-of-body experience like looking at everybody's grocery carts and i was just like how do people not see it? How do people not realize that they're just eating sugar on sugar on sugar? Um, which is essentially carbs because everything gets broken down to sugars. That's the base form of a carbohydrate. Um, so that was, yeah, that was an eye-opening experience for me. Yeah, it made me think about like walking down to the breakfast food aisle at the grocery store. It's like here in the US, the government subsidizes corn, wheat, soy, like all these like grain products. And then you walk down like the cereal aisle and it's just, everything's the same product, just different branding. It's all corn or wheat with sugar on it and a bunch of preservatives. And it's all the same thing, just a different package. 
And this is straight up sugar, yeah. 100. Like, and I don't know how that is deemed healthy. How is that a, a full breakfast? I mean, my breakfast at the moment is uh, eggs and bacon. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's satisfying. And I mean, who doesn't love eggs and bacon for breakfast? But before, I would, I would be the same. Muesli and yogurt, that was my, and fruit, which is sugar, sugar, sugar. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's an, it was, it was an, it's just an eye-opening experience. Um, and I would definitely, if anybody has health issues, I would, before you start going on, I mean, don't, don't not go to the doctor and take your medication, 100% take your medication if you need it. Uh, I mean, I had heart issues and I had to go on a whole bunch of heart pills and medication. Thankfully, I'm off of that, but Try and change your diet. I think I think a lot of health issues can be rectified and reversed by by changing your diet. Um, I remember, like the two years before, two and a half, three years before going on this journey, I was constantly sick. I would get constantly, constantly get cold sores, and that's your immune system that's just shot. And 80, 85% of our immune system sits in our gut. So it's a, it's a massive organ for us and it's a vital organ for us. But I don't think you actually think about that. You don't think about what you're putting into your body is going through your gut, which means, I mean, it's, it's like your, your rubbish brain. It's like your dump site, but you don't really think about what goes on there. You just like go in here, taste good, fantastic, go on with our lives. But that is a, it's a vital part of being a healthy human being, I think. Um, so I think maybe we should look at our guts rather than trying to pop pills to, which to me is putting plasters on a broken arm. It's a, we need to, we need to go down to the source and the, the origin of things. Um, so, I mean, obviously there's, there's a lot of, I'm not saying Western medicine doesn't have a place, 100% it does, but if our diet was perfect and if the health system was, was there to actually get us healthy and the pharmaceutical industry was there to get us healthy, we wouldn't be building bigger and more hospitals, would we? Yeah, exactly. It goes back to what you're saying, like do some logical thinking and be like, oh yeah, like that's how these things work <laughs> yeah yeah but definitely like just to reiterate what you're saying that like uh definitely go to the doctor and if you are on medication don't just stop taking them and go full carnivore no. like yeah we're definitely not advocating for that and like no don't do anything not. dumb I'm not, a, I'm not a dietitian i'm not a doctor i'm not Same. a medical professional so don't quote me on anything but <laughs> from personal experience and having walked this journey I, I think a lot of things can be can be changed if you look at what you're actually consuming and what you're putting into your body. Exactly. I think that's the main like takeaway from all this is like learn your body and be aware. And I think as athletes, we've you definitely understand things a little bit different than somebody who's just extremely sedentary. And 100%. yeah, and like just just go back to. I don't know, like a species specific diet. Like I don't know if you listen to Anthony Chafee. 
Um, yeah. I think he's an American, but he lives in Australia. And the other day he had a podcast about like just a species specific diet. And it was really interesting because I'd never really thought about it before, but um, they were talking about how like, like dogs eat certain things, cats eat certain things, like whatever gorillas eat certain things. Like every animal has a specific diet and like, these animals out in the wild, they don't really suffer from obesity because it just doesn't make any sense or any like really these chronic diseases we always talk about. But then you bring them into captivity and you start feeding them a non-species specific diet and then they get sick. And so like that relates directly to humans. Like when you're out in the wild, you're going to eat very specific things. But then when you're in like an urban setting, for example, it's like, oh, well, I'm going to go eat this hamburger cooked in seed oils with these French fries cooked in seed oils and have a Coke with it. And it's like, none of this stuff is species specific. It didn't even exist a hundred years ago. And suddenly we're, we're eating all this junk now. And it's like, no wonder we're all sick and, and diseased. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I mean, I spoke with Sean as well. Um, and I think the biggest thing to me is, like I said, I've started incorporating some other things as well, but because personally, I believe in balance. Um, and I think the biggest thing to me is I need to know my body and I need to know at the level it's at. So to me, it's okay. I would rather call myself now carnival based. Um, and I mean, if I go through places like at the moment, I'm like, I need, I need meat again and I'm craving it. And I'm craving that fat, um, which is, it's, I mean, it's amazing to me, but you get to a point where you actually know what you want and you know what you're craving and it's good stuff and it's not all the processed stuff, but at this point where I'm not constantly having to deal with all the inflammation and stress caused by all the other stuff in my diet. If I want to have an ice cream once a month, then I'm like, okay, I'll treat myself to an ice cream once a month. And then I'll probably feel horrible. But then I'm like, okay, cool. Got that out of my system. Now I'm ready to go again. Um, so I think you also, I think a lot of people, I don't know, at, in, in today's day and age, I feel everybody's classed and into a little box. And that is the only thing that the only thing that exists, which to me, that's also a bit weird. Um, so I, I don't like calling myself a specific thing because then it's limiting me to all the other things. Like at the moment I am craving cantaloupe, which tells me my body is looking for something. Um, which is also with carnivore, you're obviously not getting vitamin C, which you get from, from fruits. Um, so then I'm like, okay, well, I'm not going to disregard that because my body is telling me it wants something. So I'm not going to not eat it because this is the end all of everything. Um, I think it comes back to, to me, especially like if a baby can tell what it wants and how much it wants of something, then surely we are also still capable of doing that and figuring that out. But I think we've just lost touch with, with actually what our body wants and needs um, because we are like constantly flooding it with a whole bunch of stuff that it actually doesn't want or need. Um, so I think if you're like at that base level, you can be like, okay, this, and then actually pinpoint what your body actually is looking for. Definitely. And there's a difference between 
being addicted to hyper-processed, hyper-palatable food and then knowing what your body's craving when it's like a real food. Because you could even, you could kind of make a, it is definitely like a, I don't know, a fringe argument, but say like, oh, my body's craving meth. It's like, well, you've been doing meth for five years, so that's why you're craving it. It doesn't mean it's good for you. <laughs> but if that same person is craving, say, a piece of cantaloupe, like you're saying, it's like, maybe they should go for the cantaloupe and not the hard drugs here. <laughs> oh, maybe, maybe. <laughs> Um, And I think it's also, there's a difference between craving like a specific fruit and craving like a candy bar or an ice cream or something like that, because there's a, there's a difference between the two, I feel. Um, Yeah, exactly. One has nutrients in it. One is just empty calories of nothing. (laughs) Yeah, it's a sugar. Sugar, sugar snack that we created. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, uh. As we kind of get close to an hour here, um, start to wrap up, like, I know you haven't been racing much this year, but do you have much uh, coming up for the next year? Um, at the moment, I've obviously coming back from a heart injury, it's, it's a bit scary. And I'm having my father and my grandfather that struggled with, with heart issues as well. It's, it's very close to home for me. So I've been... Yeah, I mean, I discussed with my sponsors as well. So I would start slowly start getting back into into the racing scene for 2024 and just take it as a build up year for 2025. Um, I mean, obviously, my heart has has rested and recovered this year, but it also means it's it's not fit. <laughs> so <laughs> I can't just like go jump in full racing scene. I need to actually take the time to to get it strong and and healthy and fit again. So 2024 will be more of a build up here, um, local racing, local scene, and then I've got some big goals for 2025. Yeah. Are you open to discussing those big goals for 25 or is that <laughs> under the radar right now? No, also, um, there's <laughs> not under the radar. It's, uh, so the absolute epics, I've got some unfinished business with that one. Um, but I think that's the, the biggest goal out there at the moment. Um, but yeah, the rest I'll, I'll still think about and ponder and, and fine tune that, but the biggest goal would be an absolute epic one. Awesome. So, um, I guess the final question then is where can people find you? Are you on Instagram and, um, Strava and all that? Yes, I am. Um, Mariska Strauss, Mariska with an E. Um, yeah, find me on Instagram, Facebook. Strava, Twitter. Do people still use that? Oh, it's, not, it's now called X, right? Yeah, it's now X. Twix is what I call it. Now it's Twitter X combo, <laughs> which is a candy bar, but <laughs> whatever. Nice. Um, yeah, so I've also got a website, Um Yeah, drop me a message if you want to chat about anything. Open to discuss my, my journey and my experience with everything with, with anyone who wants to, to find out some more. Awesome. Well, it was good chatting with you today and learning about your story and um, how things are down there in South Africa. And yeah, yeah thanks for reaching out. There. Appreciate it. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, we'll have to talk soon. Maybe someday I'll come down to Cape Town. We can go ride. You can drop me. Yeah, right. I'm definitely, please let me know. I'm definitely not as fast as you. <laughs> that would be amazing. Yeah, please come. Be good. All right, I'll come next winter or your summer, I guess. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> More than welcome. <laughs> all right well we'll call it here then Uh, thank you again that was super fun sure thanks Derek chat to you soon (laughs)